1: Bluenile.com.
2: Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Right,
0: quickly, before we get on with the episode, we've got an announcement. The MMA Fan Podcast is now sponsored by Free Train. Blake, what's Free Train? Free
3: Train is a fantastic company that do these amazing vests for when you run, when you train, whether you're going for a run or hitting the bag. You can keep your phone close to your chest, and uh, yeah, they're brilliant. They've got a little pocket for your keys. You no more do you need to have your phone rumbling around in your pocket or at an awkward angle on your arm or anything like that. You've got the vest on. Phones there, easy access to it. They do some great uh, gloves as well to keep your hands warm and be able to touch the phone and everything. It's all linked up with your phone. So, yeah, they're a fantastic brand. A couple of pockets for your keys, everything you need when you go for a run or if you're hitting the bag training.
0: And you're not just saying this for the sake of it. Before they even become our sponsors, you had one of these vests, didn't you?
3: Yeah, yeah. I've, well, I've still got it. I run with it all the time. But yeah, before they became our sponsors, I had one of these vests. They are genuinely brilliant. I really like them. And, uh, Yeah, I'm really pleased they're our sponsor.
0: And if you want one, if you head over to freetrain.com, when you go shopping and you put all your stuff in your your basket, just before you check out, if you put in the code MMAFAN, you'll save yourself 10%. Don't say we don't spoil you here on this podcast. 10% off an amazing vest from Freetrain, www.freetrain.com. Right, let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me, as ever, Blake Harrison. Hey, hey. there he is. You right? He... Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. So,
3: just okay. Episode... Just okay.
0: Is there something you need to need to tell uh... the group? are you all right no no i'm all right i'm all right a little hungover if i was to be perfectly honest but you know we're recording this on 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 bank holiday so you know that's what they're about and you can have a little drink at the bank holiday you're not my dad (laughs) Uh, (laughs) oh i'll tell you what i'll tell you i'd love to be my dad today's guest How, how ridiculously cool is JJ Wilson.
3: Oh, my God. This chat is so good. He's such a cool bloke. Uh, he's got some really interesting stories. He's been through some really interesting stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we we say on the show he's, he's basically a kind of superhero. He's, uh, mm. you know, he's, he's... I don't want to give away too much, but he's survived an armed robbery recently. That was an incredibly interesting story. He's obviously an elite-level... Uh, fighter in Bellator he's ranked fourth at the moment after a fantastic uh, win over Pedro Carvalho, where he came out immediately in the second round, landed a spinning back fist. And uh, that was pretty much all she wrote after a couple of, a uh, couple of punches after that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he looks like he could be next up to fight the winner of AJ McKee, Petruccio Pitbull in that featherweight uh, Grand Prix. Mm. Um so we'd like to get his thoughts on that on that fight coming up and where he features in the future to to, to the winner of that fight. Um, yeah, great. It's a really brilliant chat.
0: Absolutely. Um, and what we will say regarding that chat is um, JJ was in um, his girlfriend's car. Uh, and so he was doing the Zoom on his phone, so there might be maybe one or two tiny little sort of glitches as as the conversation unfolds, where the Zoom uh, the the Zoom stutters a little bit. But um, but seventy six will will do his best to produce it and uh, and and give you the best listening experience you can get. But we'll take that because we're you know we we got to speak with you know an incredible prospect that you know I think on on, on seeing his previous fights. That, that belt's never going to be too far away for him. So, should we just get straight on with it? Let's get straight into it. Ladies and gentlemen, here's our chat with the brilliant JJ Wilson. Joining us today, JJ Wilson, how you doing? I'm good. What about you guys? Yeah, we're good. Really good, we're mate. Thanks, good. good. Well, we like to start our conversations with uh, fighters by, by kind of going back and, and asking how you got into the, the fight game, how it come about?
4: I'm shy of turning 16. Um, you know, I, I wasn't a, a great kid. I was uh, living kind of on the street uh, with the wrong crowd, you know, doing bad things. And um, my friend was on probation and his probation officer actually uh, put him into uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu school uh, and a mixed martial arts school. And that school's called Olive MMA. Um, and what happened was he was trying to get all of us to go with him because he didn't want to go by himself. And, uh, we never, I, I, never decided to go with him. And then one day he, he bought me something to eat and I, and I told him I pay him back and he said, no, don't worry about it. Just come, come train with me. So I went in with him the next day to train. And then, uh, I fell in love with it. Never left. the first class I went to was a beginner's class. The next day they had an advanced class. They told me I couldn't come and I just went anyway. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into into it. And I, I practically never left after that.
3: Well, so you just threw yourself straight into that advanced class. You just wanted to be chucked in the deep end.
4: Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I didn't like losing. And on the first day of all, those was a couple of guys and they, and they beat the crap out of me. So I went back the next day so I could try to get some payback. But, uh, you know, they did the crap out of me for the next few years before I started to get some, uh, get some revenge. <laughs> um, you know, but as soon as I started, I started competing right away. I had my first competition a month, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournament a month in. And then about three to four months into my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu training, I had my first MMA fight with actually no striking, with only taking one striking class. Um. And then, obviously, I learned kickboxing, and then I started fighting kickboxing
3: a lot. You say a lot of this happened when you were 16 years old. Is that when you were in New Zealand or when you'd moved to America? Because you moved at 16, didn't you?
4: So I've been coming back and forth from America since I was 17. Um, uh, So when I was 16, I was fighting pretty much every week. If it would be jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, uh, wrestling, wrestling. I was going in between the three, you know, and then I was and then at seventeen I started traveling to to America and I started competing over here and then I started to make connections over here and then that's what led me to um you know actually moving to america full time
0: and and in regards to kind of having them fights quite early on and having your first fight with only like you know limited striking um uh lessons and stuff in 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 the bank. Have you always been a, a confident person?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I've always been super confident. You know, I, the only reason why I started to take mixed martial arts seriously is when I lost. So, you know, my first tournament, I dominated. The second tournament, I won every match. Um, my first MMA fight, I won. And I wasn't taking any of it seriously, you know. I, I didn't really care. for. I only went to train because I liked, you know what I mean, I liked. I like to thrill fighting and I, and I like to fight. So that's why I was always going to training. Um But I never took anything serious. And then I did another jujitsu tournament and it was in the finals. And this guy beat me because I got tired. You know, I ran out of gas and uh ever since that loss, that's what made me actually take things seriously. And, um I, and really started to hone in on my training. And I was like, okay, that's never going to happen again. So, Ever since the beginning i was, I was really confident within myself
0: and in regards to kind of being confident like in regards to sort of walking out to to fights now you know you, you, i you've been sort of privileged to walk out to packed venues and you've also walked out into over the last year empty venues mm-hmm. how have you found that as as a fighter for somebody that you know is a, is a confident young man, to have that, that kind of noise of the crowd, to have that taken away, how did that impact on, on, on you as a fighter?
4: So for me personally, it doesn't really matter because I'm not there for the crowd. The crowd just adds more excitement to me. Um, when I'm in there, it, it, I literally zone out and it's just me and the guy. Everything else around is kind of null and void. You know, um, I can, I make sure I can hear my coaches So no matter if I'm in a big crowd or if there's no crowd that I I'm listening for my coaches' voices to, you know, give me instructions for things that I may not see. Um, so, but I, I really, really, I actually get super excited walking to the cage because I I love it in there. You know, it's, um, it's, it's my home. I feel free in there because a lot of times what happens with fighters is, is, uh, they get scared inside there but I, when i get inside the cage i feel like it, everything else doesn't matter i'm free i can be i can do whatever i want the, the handcuffs of society are, are taken off you know what i mean you can you can just go out there and go crazy and um, so i really focus on the crowd too much it doesn't really affect me
0: and and before that walkout, what's your you know when you're When you're in the room before you get your your call that you're going out to fight, what's your sort of pre-fight routine when you get to the venue and you've got got your mitts on and you're getting ready? What's your routine?
4: So we show up, we get my hands wrapped right away. I like to get my hands wrapped right away so, you know, I don't have to mess around or rush around. So as soon as I show up to the venue, I get my hands wrapped. Um after I get my hands wrapped, you know, I do my stretching routine. I have a little like uh kind of like a couple way to warm up that I do that I've learned. It's a nice way to warm up and then I go through my jitsu warm up and then uh after my jujitsu warm up like a free drill, like without anybody, like solo warm up. And then I hit mitts and then I do my wrestling drills and I do a little bit of jujitsu and then um and then I sit and I rest and, and then I work more on my breath work. I uh, do a lot of work to, to kind of get my mind right. And then, um, you know, and then I envision what, what, what's going to happen in the fight. You know, I envision what's going to happen, what what I'm going to do, how my opponent's going to react to my shots. And um, I, all, a lot of people make the mistake when they're visualizing the fight is what is my opponent going to do? What is my – how is my opponent – going to attack me and how am i going to defend and the issue with that is now you're playing reactive and when you go out there you're actually being reactive of what your opponent's going to do so whenever i'm visualizing i'm always visualizing how i'm going to attack how my opponent's going to react to my attack so it automatically puts me you know a step ahead of these guys because they're thinking backwards um and then you know when when I'm walking out, I start I start getting excited. I start getting happy. I'm like, okay, now now the fun starts. Like this is this is why I've cut weight. This is why I've sacrificed all this stuff so I can go out there and have some fun.
3: You talk about like the the breathing and the visualization. Is that like a a, a form of meditation for you or to to calm yourself before going out? Does that help you with with nerves or anything like that, or? Or, I mean, you're, you're 8 and 0. Do you get nervous? Do you just think you're going to win all the time?
4: So, I feel like breath work is key because um, what happens when you do breath work, uh, say if you show up to a tournament and, and you're going to fight or fight an MMA fight, kickboxing, whatever you're going to do, a jiu jitsu tournament, wrestling tournament, anything that is combat sports or even public speaking, you still get adrenaline rush. Right. So what happens if you don't spike your adrenaline before you get the adrenaline rush, you're going to have adrenaline dump, you know, it's kind of like a sugar crash. So if you, but if you spike your adrenaline and then you get the adrenaline rush, that adrenaline rush only peaks a little and then it drops back down to where you spiked your adrenaline originally. So what happens is if you don't do it like that, it goes up and then straight down. But if you bring it up and then it goes up again, it's going to go down to where you had it before. And then the adrenaline plateaus out already at a high pace. So that's why I use my breath work. I do a lot of breath work. I also free dive. Um, so I, I work a lot on my breath. Um, so I, I do spare fishing. I go spare fishing all the time. You know, I got like a four-minute breath hold three, uh, like a four-minute and 30 seconds, I think, is my max that I got. Wow. Uh, four minutes, yeah. That's, so I work a lot of my breath. So I spike my heart rate. So what happens is when I do get that adrenaline rush and then that adrenaline dump, that's when you get that adrenaline dump, that's when you start to feel sick. That's why a lot of fighters or competitors, they go to a competition, they're like, oh, I feel sick. They don't know what to do. They puke before they fight or they puke after they fight and they, they just don't feel right. They don't want to be there. So with that breath work is I spike my adrenaline now it's it's like a normal day. You know, then I mean? it's like, okay, it's like it's all right. I I I meant to be here. Now it's all just my mental. I don't have to deal with the uh the body stress that you get from an adrenaline dump because it's like a sugar crash. You feel weak, you feel lethargic, you feel tired, you feel sick. I've through all my fights, I felt all of that. So I've figured out a strategy through my breath work to make that not happen and then the visualization is is helping me with my mental you know um the mental side of it saying you know the guy's gonna catch me now i'm going in there like okay this
3: is what i'm gonna do this is how i'm gonna do it you know so does that help you with cardio as well that kind of breath stuff or is it more for kind of uh the relaxation element of it so once i
4: I've started free diving, spearfishing, free diving uh, since the beginning of COVID. Right? right, so so the start of COVID, I, I started diving, started free diving. Um, no, just before COVID. Yeah, like June, um, I started free diving, and ever since then my cardio has skyrocketed. Back then I had like you know like a thirty second, forty second breath hold, which is pretty average and pretty normal that a normal person has and then uh you know within a month i was i was holding my breath for two minutes and then um you know now i'm holding i don't do as much breath work as i I could but now i'm at like a four minute breath hold so that just with that my cardio went up insanely in my last fight i fought two rounds and i hadn't even broken a sweat that's
2: crazy
0: Yeah. You know? And you and you touched on um the, the, the weight cut as well and we have spoke to um several fighters about this and, and how they handle weight cuts and we spoke to um a, a UK fighter, Paddy Paddy Pimblet, um who's who cut some ridiculous weight in one of his fights and, and so obviously that's a, another such a key part of, of, of the preparation for your fight. How how do you deal with, with, with weight cutting? Is it something you're 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 sort of comfortable with now or is it is it is it a struggle like how do you approach it and and how do you find it
4: so um you know moving f- so i missed weight last time so moving forward i've have to i have to change a lot of things i have to change my everyday life now because um you know i can't be walking around the that i'm walking around and, and make the weight the last but I took was on a three week notice, and you know I was I had to cut a lot of weight to get down to where I was in in three weeks. I had such a short window um, that was really difficult. But usually, if I have if I have about two to three months, I can uh, I, I get my weight gradually down. So by the time I get there, I'm only water cutting eight pounds, which is is pretty easy to do. Um, but yeah, weight cutting is the fight to me. Weight cutting is, is harder than the fight. The fight itself is actually really easy and really fun. It's a weight cut that uh, I personally um, would say is the hardest. And I've spoken to a lot of fighters and it's all the same. They all they all hate the weight cuts. I personally think we should all weigh in all year long, every week, every, uh, every two weeks, everyone weighs in, in the division. And, uh, you know, if we move the division's weights up and you weigh in all year long and then you just fight it your normal way. That would be amazing. Uh,
3: 2020 was uh, professionally a, a, a great year for you, wasn't it? Because didn't you win Bellator Fighter of the Year in 2020? Yes. But also, you got your BJJ black belt as well. Yes. Which, which, of, which of those means more to you?
4: I also, I also got engaged. So that was more than <laughs> Oh, all congratulations. Them, you know I mean? So that, so that topped that top the year off. But, um, you know, I've been working my whole entire life for my Jiu-Jitsu black belt. And then, I, you know, I, I won all my fights in 2020. So there was three fights. That was already a great year for me. And then I got my black belt. And I was like, oh, man, it's an amazing year. And then I got engaged. And then I got a battle fight of the year. Oh, Round of, round of all was just an amazing year for me, 2020. And I felt bad because, you know, it took the whole world to have uh, um, <laughs> to have a shit year for me to have a good one.
3: <laughs> oh well, yeah. It, we need to balance these things out somehow. You know, the world's gone down, but JJ's gone up, and that's, we're all happy for you, but <laughs> JJ. That's a good thing, mate. I was
4: laughing with a friend because uh, she goes, she goes to it took the whole entire world to have a shit year for you to have a good one, and I was like, that's that's pretty messed up. <laughs>
3: JJ, can, can I ask about, because um, uh, I heard something on, on, on the broadcast of the, of the fight recently against uh, Pedro Carvalho about you surviving an armed robbery. Is that, is that true? Did, did you, and you've got a bullet fragment in your leg or something? Is that, is that true?
4: Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I've, on the side I sell uh, Rolex watches and jewellery, like high-end jewellery um, yep. on the side, and, you know, I, I kind of got set up. These guys set me up. Uh, I met up with them. There, were two, they, there was two of them. I thought there was only one. They both had guns on them, um, and I had I had on me a, a t- like a twenty two thousand dollar Rolex, um, fully diamond, all diamonded out, um, with a river dial, with a date just. And they, you know, the first guy, he was like, oh, "I have a gun." And he was wearing a suit and tie, trying to play a part. And he goes, I have a gun. So as he reached for the gun, I I grabbed him. I got both hands on the guy. I do a lot of self-defense as well. I do a lot of, like, gun self-defense, my self-defense, and uh, just self-defense in general, just in case. Um, but I haven't gone to the range much. You know, I don't actually go out and shoot often. So, you know, I grab the gun. I, I get him in a body lock. I get his back, like, but standing on his back with a body lock and I have both hands on the gun at this point. I step over and I mat return him. I like basically slam his face into the concrete and I get the gun off him as he goes to the ground. As he goes to the ground, as I rip the gun off him, he pulls the trigger and it shoots the ground. And then the, the ricochet goes into my leg and then I get the gun off him and he's kind of unconscious because, you know, his, his head smashes against the concrete. So he's kind of unconscious and then his friend comes sprinting around the corner with his gun pointed out. He's screaming. I don't know what he's screaming. And, I, and at this point, I had the other guy's gun in my hands. So I pointed at him. I tried to fire and the gun jam. Um And then I'm trying to play with the gun. I don't know what I'm doing with the gun. You know what I mean? aiming fire. I don't yeah. know why it jammed. I, I don't know what I was doing. And I was trying to find cover because he had the gun. I don't know if it was loaded. I don't know if it was fake, but he was running at me. And I had another, I had another friend that was with me, but he wasn't trained. He was, um, he's my partner in the in the jewelry business that, you know, he owns the jewelry business and, um, you know, he, he has all the Rolexes, the jewelry and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, he gets pistol whipped three times. Um, and then they run away and
3: then, you know, the police wow.
4: come, helicopters come, swap team comes. It was, yeah, it was insane.
3: That sounds petrifying, but it sounded like you actually dealt with it amazingly calmly. I mean, I know you're a fighter, but you don't generally walk into the octagon or the ring with a gun. So, I mean, yeah. what, where did that, did, was that just instinct? I mean, you say you do, you do a lot of these classes and that clearly served you very well, but did, did you feel that, that kind of those butterflies, that anxiety and fear, or, or was it you just, you were on autopilot?
4: I was on autopilot and it kind of didn't feel real. Surreal, you know what I mean? Have you ever felt like that before when something's happening and it just doesn't feel real? Like, you're like, this isn't happening.
3: This isn't real. When I first had sex as like a 20-year-old, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not anything like scary.
4: (laughs) Well, yeah, kind of like that. It's the same thing. I was like, is this real? Is this really happening or is this fake? (laughs) <laughs> that's literally what i was wow. thinking
3: that's that's absolutely mental i mean you sounded like you conducted yourself like a friggin' superhero i mean between the holding the breath and that we should be calling you aquaman or something from, from now
4: on that, that <laughs> you is... know what's so funny i took i took my friend spearfishing for the very first time and he said he dove down and then he dove down and he's like man what the hell is that thing on the bottom he was like freaking out and then he's like, "Holy shit, it's you." And he figured I was me. And then he's like, "You look like fucking Aquaman down there, bro." And ever since then, he's
3: called me Aquaman. Oh mate, that's amazing. Wow, what a story. That's I mean, you're talking to two British guys here, so I mean, we don't get really any interactions with guns. We wouldn't know how to fire a gun. I'd probably shoot myself <laughs> or something. But um yeah that sounds incredible I'm originally
4: story. I'm originally from New Zealand so we don't we don't really mess around with handguns we got rifles I grew up hunting but yeah. handguns I don't know what I was doing so now my friends I have a lot of friends in law enforcement and uh, you know border patrol and all that kind of stuff they're like you gotta come down to the range with us and we gotta teach you wow. I was like yeah wow too many people around here just they they, you know they've guns so you just gotta be careful
3: you mentioned New Zealand and there's been such a surge in the kind of New Zealand MMA scene. You know, you've got Adesanya, Dan Hooker, uh, even Volkanovski. I know he's Australian, but he trains over at City Kickboxing as well. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why do you think that the New Zealand MMA scene is just on fire at the moment?
4: Uh, uh, little do people know is that New Zealand dominated the kickboxing scene for, for many years. You know what I mean. A, a few people know that. A lot of like uh, a lot of fight fans know that. You know, if you if you're an overall fan of every martial art, you know that New Zealand has always had great kickboxers. You know, like Ray Siff or Mark Hunt. Uh, if you go way back then, back like K1 days, um, there was a lot, and all of them they all come from Philip Lamb, and then that goes down to Lolo, and then it goes down to you know uh, several different trainers that are now at, at City Kickboxing, like um, Eugene, Twister, there's a bunch of amazing striking coaches there. Um, but it all comes down from the same kind of tree. And that those guys, like Mark Hunt, Ma- Ma- where he's for, they dominated the K-1 scene back in the day. And then, um, you know, all that knowledge from those coaches just got passed down. And then, you know, you, we have Israel Adesanya that took, over he's been dominating kickboxing scene for years you know he's had almost 100 fights in kickboxing with like two losses and his two losses were to um were for the glory world title one he got knocked out in brazil which was a lucky shot he beat the crap out of the guy then he got caught and then the other loss was um against adam in the the, for the glory world title which i thought he won was a controversial decision um so we've always had great striking. It's just they were never in MMA, right? There was no money in MMA. They were making a lot of money in kickboxing. But now there's a lot of money in MMA. They all transferred over to MMA, bigger names, bigger um audience that, you know, they just I think that's why they're still dominating. They just transferred what they knew from kickboxing and, and took it into mixed martial arts.
3: Wherever you listen to podcasts,
4: ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere.
0: ACAST.com. And we we, we hear a lot. I mean, you talk about there being more money in in MMA. We hear a lot um, uh, about the money that's being paid to um, fighters in Bellator and fighters in the UFC. Uh, and it, uh-huh. it feels. I mean, Phil. Obviously, you, you're not obliged to, to answer this if you don't want to. Um, but it appears that the pay structure at Bellator seems to be a lot more favourable to the fighters than what there is in the UFC. And I just wonder, you know, as as a as a fighter that's you know currently eight and zero, like, what? Where do you want to sort of go with this? Is this to 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 dominate Bellator, to move to UFC, or are you happy where you are in in Bellator?
4: So currently Bellator are looking after me really well. And, you know, I have a lot of friends um, in different organizations that, uh, you know, in, in similar positions to me, but they're getting paid less. You know what I mean? So I really think that Bellator has a, a great interest within their fighters than, um, you know, than, than some of these other organizations where they're just, they're looking, these other organizations like you see in other ones, they're looking for the superstar to yeah. pay. You know what I mean? They, they, they put out feelers. It's like, a, it's like what, what businesses do when they're trying to find who they're going to sponsor, right? They're just sponsoring everybody and give them practically nothing. And then when the superstar arises, give that superstar everything. Right. And I feel like a lot of, um, it's a great business model if you're running a business, but if you're a fighter, that's not the business model that you want to be a part of. Right. Cause you're, you know, you're putting your whole life on the line to go out there, and then if you lose, you just get tossed to the side. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the fight game, and you got to kind of realize that coming into this, is like, if you you, you, you can get tossed to the side as quickly as you got picked up, so you always got to keep that in mind, and, um, but I definitely believe that that Bellator uh, looks after looks after their fighters a little bit better than than other organizations, you know. Um, but of course, these other organizations, the superstars, they they treat like kings. But everyone else, they they just, you know, they shrug them off, and yeah. it, it's kind of sad.
0: And so, looking at the the, the uh, Bellator and, and the top ten, I mean, there's some some great fights to be had there, JJ. Like. Uh, What's the kind of what's the plan? Adam box
3: and then the title. Nice. Has that fight been announced or anything, or is that just what you're hoping for? Uh
4: no, that's just what I'm telling everyone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well that's it. You talk these things into existence though, don't you? That's exactly. that's the way to do it.
4: Exactly. You know, I'm just telling everyone that hopefully he gets pissed off and
3: fight. <laughs> 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 well that sounds absolutely perfect. And speaking of the title, I mean that tournament's gone exactly the way Bellator wanted it to. You've ended up with yeah. Patricio Pitbull versus uh, undefeated AJ McKee. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that fight? Who takes it or or why one person would have an advantage over the other?
4: I think it's going to be a great fight. I think um, AJ McKee has the tools to beat uh, Pitbull. But, you know, you can never count Pitbull out. I really don't know which way this fight's going to go. I believe Pitbull could knock him out right away. I believe that AJ McKee could could um put an upset so i i'm really conflicted on who's gonna win so i'm I'm really interested to see you fighting you know i possibly be fighting the winner so that that puts a little bit more interest into the fight
3: that's brilliant mate i mean say like you're, you're 23 right yes sir 23 years old you're fourth ranked in bell of tour hopefully one fight away from a title shot as well it seems like you know the world's your oyster at the moment. Is it, is it hard to keep your feet on the ground or is that quite an easy thing to do?
4: Um, you know, my, my fiance keeps my feet on the ground real quick. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, you know, my coaches keep my feet on the ground. So for me, it's pretty easy to keep my feet on the ground. I kind of forget about it when I, when I'm, um, outside. I, uh, you know, I go, I go diving, and then I see a shark, and that puts me, um, that puts me in perspective. Yeah. <laughs> that puts that puts things in perspective real quick, you know. Yeah, I it, <laughs> it
3: does. Yeah, you know, that's a unique way of keeping your feet on the ground by just regularly seeing sharks.
4: Yeah, no, that was scary. You know, I dove down one day and I saw a seven girl that was like seven foot, and that yeah, that definitely put things in perspective real quick. You become, you become the predator to the prey real quick.
0: <laughs> wow! Sharks, armed robbery, and cage fighting. You you need a you need a calmer hobby, man. You need to find something that's <laughs> a lot easier to deal with. You should start reading books or something like that, man. <laughs> uh, you tell
4: my fiance that she wants a
3: attack <laughs> it- is that your fiance that's with you right now? Yes, right here.
4: Hello,
3: how are you? Hey. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well look, we're, we're sorry to have taken up so much of your time. We can see that you're uh, you're in the car there and you're probably used looking to forward to,
4: good. I'm to it. <laughs> yeah, we're Great about stuff. we're about to get some oysters. Oh, so she's
3: nice, happy. Nice. Lovely. Well, well, we don't want to keep you any longer, mate. Uh oh, it's
0: been such a pleasure chatting Thanks, to you. JJ. All you the guys. best, man. All the best. Can't wait to see you take that belt.
4: Thank you very much. I can't wait to come back on here and what's the bout.
3: And what's your fiance's name, sorry? Sonny. Sunny, thanks so much. Cheers. <laughs> no problem,
0: cheers. Take care, man.
3: Thank you guys. You thanks, guys JJ. have a great day. You too, man. You too,
0: mate. I mean a legit superhero. Wow.
3: Aquaman, aka the Maori kid, aka JJ Wilson. That's what so, a
0: chat. yeah, I just just took him down, you know, grabbed the gun. Then the other guy was punched. Now, you just think, this is what you see in films. Like, yeah. it's just insane. And
3: it's like, oh, how do you keep your feet on the ground? I just swim with a few sharks. Yeah, that's <laughs> just swim with a few sharks. I mean, that's amazing. What, uh, what, It's uh, such a cool guy. And he's so young. He's so yeah. young, twenty-three years old, and yeah. I mean, I personally thought he was maybe next in line for the title shot. Anyway, but he's talking about having another yeah. fight beforehand, which I think is a great thing. Someone so young, don't rush it. AJ McKee and and you know Pitbull yeah. have, have been around a long time, so getting that extra fight in could be could be a great yeah. thing. Um,
0: Absolutely.
3: Yeah, but that that was just such a, a great chat. What an interesting bloke. I hope we get to have him on again some point.
0: Absolutely, We're going to so, totally hold him to uh, to coming back on when he's got the belt. Um, yeah, our, our first American fighter uh, on the podcast.
3: American, New Zealand. I don't know. If it's kind of a, a, a mixture. Of it. Yeah. yeah.
0: But um, well, it was, I thought it was really interesting that he'd kind of been going back and forth for quite a long yes, time. Yes, yes, since was he was really a teenager. Yeah, so...
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was great. I absolutely loved that. It would been what a great, great chat. It was nice that we were able to, to reschedule because uh, I don't know how happy he'll be, be about me saying this, but... He has been in Miami. I think he's been partying and there was one interview he didn't turn up for. <laughs> but he's rescheduled for us, which is good. So I'm hanging him out to dry there a little bit. But what Yeah, lovely bloke and, uh, and a great chat.
0: Absolutely. And uh, if this is your first time listening, to the MMA fan podcast uh, and you like hearing fighters talking about their, their careers today and, uh, and and the whole journey of, of, of getting to where they've got then go and check out the back catalogue because you can hear episodes with um, uh, British UFC legend um, Brad Pickett uh, The he's, he's protege Nathaniel Wood um, who else have we had on Paddy the Baddy Pimlet um, Arnold Allen Molly McCann Arnold Allen Jojo Calderwood um, yep Jojo Calderwood yeah, and, uh, yeah, we've got some some other great fighters lined up to be uh, guesting soon. And on the Fight off Flight episodes, who else have we had on? Uh,
3: we've had Laura Checkley and, and Emily Head from the In Inbetweeners. We've had, uh, well, we will be releasing one with Lee Mack very soon. We've got Ben Shepard coming up very soon. Um, Scribius Pip's
0: been on the show a couple of times. Uh uh, is there anyone
3: I'm missing from the old fight
0: or flight? Well, there was one we did, we did do um, a nice kind of pre two six one or two sixty. What did we do with Pitt and Brian? Was that two sixty? I think it might have been yeah. two sixty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I think so. Yeah. That's a great chat, that is. There's a, there's a really nice chemistry there between um, ourselves, and obviously MMA superfan, Scroobius Pip, and um, MMA commentator, Brian Lacey. And uh, hopefully going to try and get them guys um, back on ahead of UFC 266. 26- Two. Three. Two. Two. 262. 262.
3: Yes. Uh, yeah, Oliveira yeah. Chandler, Nate Diaz, Leon Edwards. Woo. Oh, there's some cracking fights on that card. Yeah, boy.
0: But- and yeah, and we're on the socials. So give us a like, love, share, and a retweet. And, uh, and the best thing to do to ensure you don't miss a single episode is to subscribe to this podcast. And. Uh, yeah, send us a message as well. Tell us what you uh, like and uh, who you'd like to hear us talk to. All right, there you go. We out. We out. Later. Bye.